Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. For freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. My dear friends, from what has Christ set us free? And am I really following Jesus? From what has Christ set me free? And am I really, truly following Jesus? Lest we think that with this ease back into ordinary time and the dog days of summer, the 4th of July, that we can just sort of ease into a nice cozy set of readings here. Uh, The gospel comes and sort of clips us between the eyes. It's one of those gospels that makes us uncomfortable, especially perhaps if we're uh, parents or family members of those who are thinking about consecrated life or religious life. This is the kind of gospel that just sends shudders down your spines, right? Um, we can't apparently say goodbye uh, to our family at home. Uh, this is slightly terrifying. That's okay if the gospel makes us uncomfortable. That's actually a good thing. It means that we're probably listening. So what's going on exactly with Jesus here? Did he have a bad day? Is he cranky? frustrated? Did he not eat lunch? Perhaps uh, he detects some evasion in his interlocutors. Is there something in their response that smacks of the child who says to his parent, well, mom, I would love to help you take the garbage out, but I really got a lot of homework to do, right? Perhaps there's something of evasion, perhaps, but I think really at the heart of this, friends, is that Jesus, and it's underscored several times in this gospel, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. The destination of the journey was Jerusalem. And for a third time, in case we didn't catch it, the first two, he was proceeding on his journey. Jesus is on a journey to Jerusalem, and he will let nothing get in his way. He will not slow down. He will not stop. He is going to the cross. And we need him to go there. We need him to go there. And the last thing we should ever want to do is to try to get in his way or slow him down. Because it's at the cross, my friends, that Jesus sets us free. It's at the cross that Jesus sets us free. And these readings really do fall well on this week where we're going to celebrate our freedom as a country, right? The land of the free and of the brave. And I think we would do well to just spend a couple of minutes reflecting on what is freedom after all. Because truth be told, our conception of freedom has changed a lot. For us moderns for the past, say, 500 years, and I would say even more in the past five decades, freedom has really been equated with autonomy. I get to do and say whatever I would like. No one's going to tell me what to do with my life or with my body. I answer to myself, right? Hence the relativism and the uh, individualism of which we often speak. The individual has become autonomous and he or she is the arbiter of truth. The ancients and medievals did not call this freedom. They called this license. Not the cool kind that we all really want to get when we're 16 years old with an S, but a license with a C on the end, which is linked to licentiousness a kind of excess, a kind of unbridled uh, lack of moral restraint. 
And the idea was that those who lived like that were not truly free, in fact, because freedom actually is not the ability to do whatever it is that I want, but it's actually to do the, the ability to do whatever it is that God wants and to choose the good, the true, and the beautiful. Freedom actually is the ability to love and to love until the end. And it is that gift of freedom not license. And Paul makes this, this distinction beautifully when he says, do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, what we might call license with a C, but rather serve one another through love, true freedom, serving one another through love. And this isn't the church's moralistic way of pointing the finger at us and saying, now don't do that, because rather he gives us the reason. If we go on biting and devouring one another, license with a C, beware that you are not consumed by one another. That kind of unbridled license living for ourselves ultimately is destructive and unfulfilling. True freedom teaches us to love, and that is the gift that is given at the cross. But it's a gift that passes through another gift, friends, and that is the gift of forgiveness. That is the gift of forgiveness. Jesus says elsewhere in the gospel, I think it's Luke 7, it's the sinful woman who comes and anoints Jesus' feet with her tears and then washes them with her hair. And he says to the Pharisee who is scandalized and shocked by this, that the one who is forgiven little loves little. And the one who is forgiven much loves much. This is a great mystery, but this is why we start every mass with the confession of our sins. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, etc., etc. This is why St. Ignatius, in his spiritual exercises, the founder of the, of the Society of Jesus, that he asks the retreatant to spend not just several prayer, prayer periods, but several days actually praying with the reality of sin in our world and especially in our lives, the rubble that we have inherited and the rubble that we have caused through our sins to feel the weight of that, right? Because if we do not feel, if we do not allow ourselves to feel the weight of our own sins, we will actually never come to recognize how gracious and beautiful a Savior Jesus is for us. This is, of course, why the church also recommends frequent reception for, for all of us, frequent reception of the sacrament of reconciliation, so that we can experience in our own flesh and blood that gift of freedom, that gift of freedom that God has won for us on the cross. Freedom from our sins and our shame, freedom from our baggage and our brokenness. And as we do that hard work of looking at our lives and looking at our sins, it's painful, it's hard, it's difficult. But what's beautiful, there's a paradox here, because it's precisely in those moments that I can recognize myself as a sinner. That if I look at Jesus on the cross, and this is what Ignatius has us do on this retreat, St. Ignatius, if I look at Jesus on the cross in those moments, I recognize that precisely where I felt condemned and accused, precisely where I felt lost and forsaken, I have been acquitted and freed. I have been found and forgiven. And so our sin actually becomes, and there's a tradition, in the, in, there's a, a prayer, O Felix culpa, O happy fault. Paradoxically, our sin, our faults, can actually become blessed because God turns 
the curse into a blessing. God can turn our sin into a moment of grace. And that's the freedom from. That's the freedom from when we look up at the cross in the light of our sins and when we feel that burden and we realize that he went there for me and that I am loved and known in those deepest, darkest places and parts of myself and that I'm forgiven and that I'm forgiven. That, my friends, is the moment, as it were, where the gates burst open and the freedom of Christ pours into our life. With those floodgates open, then something happens. The, the, the first reading in the gospel, it's all about following. It's all about following. Will you follow me? And what happens is that as we receive that gift, that freedom from, freedom from all that was holding us down, our fears, our shame, etc., we receive another sort of freedom. The freedom for. There's a double freedom. A freedom from that leads to a freedom for. A freedom for following Jesus. Not because our parents told us to, not because the church tells us to, not because it's what we're supposed to do, but because we actually want to. We actually want to. Prayer and sacrament, solidarity and service, a life of charity and brotherhood and sisterhood. We actually want to live this way. And being a Christian is no longer a drag or even a duty. It's a deep desire. It's a deep desire, and it's a deep desire that we are willing to pursue at any cost, in fact, even though the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, unlike the foxes with their dens, that we are willing to go and to do what Jesus asks for us because he's the one who has set us free. He's the one who has given us that freedom, and as St. Peter says at the end of the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, to whom else, Lord, shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Ultimately, friends, as we enter into, this is the dynamic that I'm describing, freedom from, freedom for, following Jesus out of a deep desire in our own hearts. What we realize as we walk this journey together is that I'm not following Jesus in the way that I follow other people. You know, we've gotten accustomed, especially in the age of social media, that we follow people today in kind of a particular way, right? We actually end up following people whom we barely know or whom we will never actually meet, right? Lost acquaintances, friends of friends, very often rock stars, pop stars, media people, you name it, politicians. We follow people whom we don't even know and who do not know us, let alone love us. But with Jesus, friends, we follow someone who lives in the depths of our own hearts, right? In this letter, uh, in the second reading, to the Galatians, you are guided by the Spirit. Jesus Christ, His own Spirit lives in us by baptism. He feeds us with His own life in the Eucharist. He lets His Word resound in our hearts through the proclamation of the Word. We're not following someone from afar anonymously, like we so often do in our contemporary society, hoping that perhaps maybe they might notice us somehow. We're following somebody who lives and breathes and moves in us from within by the gift of the Spirit. We're following someone, Jesus, risen from the grave, who knows and loves us better than we will ever know and love ourselves. And so we ask for this grace, Lord, that you come and teach us what it means to be free. 
Teach us what it means to be free. The freedom to love you and to love all those whom you place in our lives. Give us the courage to walk the journey of forgiveness at the foot of the cross. And give us the freedom of loving and serving you in all that we do. Amen. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.